0: Hey guys, this is Courtney here, and I just wanted to apologize because lately we've kind of sucked and we have not really been able to put out episodes as frequently as we normally would. I'm trying my hardest here guys, I'm sorry, I'm in the process of trying to move and close on a house and if you've done that before you may or may not know that your fucking closing date gets changed every fucking other day, so I've been thinking I'm going to move and then I'm not and then I have time and then I don't, so I'm trying. Please bear with us, because as soon as I can, I'm definitely going to get back on our regular deep dives into some fucking terrible people every week. But for now, we're going to be kind of keeping it a little casual, true crimey discussion, shit talk, whatever you want to call it. And I also wanted to say that a few weeks ago when Redacted and I recorded our Carl Tanzler episode... We had mentioned something about a little contest, if someone could figure out who he was. Well, I also suck at checking my email, so I actually finally seen that we did have someone who participated, and I wanted to say, Hey, Beth, you're the tits, and you won the contest. So I emailed you back kind of maybe a week or so ago, but I haven't had a chance to even say anything, and when I was looking, I didn't really see an email back so if you're listening check your email and message me back so I can send you a prize but other than that please stay with us we'll be back I promise with our funny funny episodes right now life has just been kind of throwing us a whole bunch of change and new things to kind of sort out and get used to but we're trying So, for now, please enjoy this episode about the murder capital of the fucking world.
1: The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on bicbp radio.com.
2: Lady love. Lady
1: love. So, I had spoken too soon. Not too long ago. About what? (laughs) He's back? Yes, and he's bothering me again. Wait, 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 wait. Was he not filled in on the rules? He was filled in on the rules. His boss was like, stay the fuck away from her. And it was like, he stayed away from me for like two days. And then I went on vacation and I came back and it was like, it was like it never happened. He's like back again. He's not like blatantly hitting on me, but I'm like fucking standing there and
2: he's like standing super mad close
1: to me for no fucking reason. Like,
2: being in your in your personal space, personal space. Yeah, like, for no fucking
1: reason, like, he brings me a piece to fix and he's, like, standing there watching me fix it. He's like, wow, you're so amazing. You're oh, an no. Angel. And I'm like, get the fuck away
2: from me, bro. Like, get away from me. And then he's hey, like, love, just, Oh. The potential to get kidnapped by this man seems very high to me. Well... The good thing is, like, you
1: know, my (laughs) fucking awesome Russian friend at work, he fucking (laughs) fucking teardrop was standing there and like, Arkady, he can like see it on my face when I'm uncomfortable. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And after he walks away, he comes up to me, he goes, is he a good guy? He your friend? And I was like, no, he's a fucking creep. And he's like, come get me next time. I'll take care of it. And I was like, oh, Arkady's about to fucking uh, fucking break his neck, find him in
2: the goddamn (laughs) cabinets or something. (laughs) good somebody has to i like what you're a different type of psycho. i don't get the fuck away from me yeah like listen you need to get away from me and then you know somebody else is like hey you need to get away from her (laughs) and then he lets like a week and a half time or like two weeks time happen and he's like hey how you doing,
1: yeah, like it was like so stupid, like, love- and the funniest thing ever is he's sitting there, and he's having a conversation with me about something. He like asked me how my weekend was, whatever, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, just busy, and then he's like, "Yeah, <laughs> something, I guess the good thing though is that I'm not married, and I was like,
2: cool. oh, fuck. yeah, and
1: he's like, "Just really see there by not married, and I'm like, Oh, cool, great for you, like what am I supposed to say to this?" <laughs> You're not married because you're a fucking psychopath. That's why.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Or he probably is married to like 15 different women.
1: He did show me this like terrible prison tattoo of the name. Oh, Florence whoa. that he has on. His
2: oh. <laughs> oh, 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 no. We have crossed so many boundaries like that. Dude. we always got to like, oh, like, gotta take a step back. Like, I don't know Who why he's he sh- foreign. I don't fucking know. I'm like, I didn't even know. Are you from like Mexico?
1: Aren't you? Like, cool you didn't ask sports. him? No, I didn't even know his name was Jason for like the longest time. I don't want to ask him anything. He asks me questions and I give him like the shortest, most curt answer <laughs> ever. <laughs> and, and like Paul does too. And he like sees it on my face every time this dude comes near me. So like. He comes oh up to me and he's like, God. we gotta have like a code word or something for every time you need help. He's like, yeah. "Like I'm just there screaming pineapples or something.
2: <laughs> pineapples, pineapples, pineapples! You know what, though? It would work. It would be such a unique word that everybody knows that you need help and come to your rescue. I'm just gonna Say fuck love. Him. That's potentially dangerous. I need you to be careful, please.
1: I'm gonna just fucking murder him.
2: I swear to Jesus, like love. Like... <laughs> None of he gets you first, so be careful.
1: <laughs> I'm way bigger than him. I can definitely pick that dude.
2: <laughs> oh, no. And he's a tiny dude, too. Yeah, he's like a little skinny dude like with a big head. I can't imagine what that tattoo looked like on his little
1: bony rib <laughs> Oh, God, it was disgusting. It was like a prison tat. Like, I definitely, I could have gone my whole life without seeing this dude's nipple. And, of course. I
2: could have gone my whole life without knowing about this guy. Sheesh. That's fucking funny. I didn't think he would be back. You know how you defeat a villain and they're supposed to be gone forever? This is like his revenge. This dude's like fucking Mojo Jojo. He just never gives up.
1: (laughs) He is. He really is. I legitimately just don't understand it at all.
2: (sighs) Oh. Oh, Layla, do you want to do the the drink? Are we there yet? No, not yet. I sent it to you. I'm I so excited for for the backgrounds. I the know in the back. Forgot the name. Fuck. <laughs> the descriptions. The description? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was hard.
1: Oh god. But anyways, I'm Courtney and I'm Kat and
2: this is Brian
0: was there we'll get there lady love it'll happen Almost
1: one of these there. days or i'll just fucking splice it together and lay it on top of each other or something <laughs> <laughs> <Splice> it. <laughs> oh my god but yeah lady love what are you drinking today
2: nothing crazy you know mm-hmm. this is like last minute fridge diving i found a big love
1: Oh, I haven't seen you drink a Mick Ultra in
2: forever. A long time. I know. I know. And it surprisingly has not killed my stomach. Knock on wood. It's probably been just been get a while. Through this. Yes, yeah, true. I've been drinking a lot of Modelo and I needed a break. <laughs> There's also some strawberry Jack Daniels drink. Strawberry? To... I think it's strawberry. It's pink. It's oh, is it lemonade. like lemonade?
1: I wonder if it's kind of like those that Jack and Coke drink that we had that we accidentally got drunk off.
2: I think it kind of is. (laughs) There's one in the fridge, so that's my backup after this because I'm sure the others aren't cold yet.
1: (laughs) The wine I picked for this week, I just picked because it literally says the word just relax on the bottle, and I've had a stressful week. It's been a time, late love. It's been a time.
2: (laughs) Damn late love. I feel that. Oh, my God. My fucking boobs are itchy. That period shit they love. I know. It's so disturbing to my soul. It hurts. I fucking
1: hate it. It's never it, it's like, comfortable. No, it's never comfortable. And it's like, no matter how much you itch your
2: nipple, it never goes away. <laughs> Bra on, no. Bra off, also no. Now mm-hmm. what do I do? I just like want to hold them. Yeah. Oh. oh, that actually feels a little better, but I can't stay like this. I mean, it's a lot of work. We do have bras they'd love. (laughs) But they're so uncomfortable and then they're so itchy on top of it. I'm just going to have to suffer. We should create like a
1: period bra that's like perfect where it like holds them up but makes it, it'll have like holes for the nipples so that the nipples aren't being touched.
2: (laughs) (laughs) A bra with exposed nipples? Yeah, why not? Uh, I mean, I think it's the purpose of a bra, but Okay. I mean, the whole point of the bra is just to hold them up. It's not to hide the nipple. <laughs> so, I mean, it would be like, you know. It would have to be a good material so the nipple doesn't bubble in that area, you know. And yeah. all of a sudden it's like protruding out. That would be <laughs> <laughs> it's just like sticking out like a pimple or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, exactly. Exactly. Nobody wants pimple- pimples for boobs.
1: Maybe we can invent some, like, anti-itch nipple cream. Something good. Ugh. Something, like,
2: yeah.
1: Oh, that'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, you want to read the
2: wine description, lady love? Mm-hmm. It says, Relax Riesling is a fermented slightly dry with a wonderful fruity bouquet of intense flavors of apples and peaches with just a hint of citrus. The natural acidity gives this wine a perfect balance, that is refreshingly crisp and leaves your mouth watering. A perfect party wine, or it can be enjoyed with a variety of foods, from seafood and poultry to orient- oh, oriental. Oh, I feel like oriental that's offensive. Food.
0: <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm not
1: like a motherfucker.
2: Um, okay. And fresh salads. They're chilled. I they love. That, that is, is, it's a little wasted. You didn't mean that? <laughs> I didn't mean that. You didn't <laughs> like, background. Like, no. I just seen the bottle and I was like, oh, relax. That sounds delicious. Let's go.
1: I'll take like, one of those. Oriental,
2: <laughs> oriental food. Wow. Damn. I am I know that word is antiquated, but to see it, and then to see it on a bottle of wine that says relaxed recently, <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> like,
1: I remember people used to call me that when I was in school. It's like, you're Oriental. Oriental?
2: Fucking like stupid. <laughs> Fuck off. Oriental. That's just, yeah. That's racist. It's definitely not an allowed word. Oh, how is it? How is the peach? What is it? Peach citrus? What, no, with a hint of citrus. Mm.
1: So aside from the oriental thing, it's not bad. It's definitely like more of a middle ground beverage. It's like medium sweet.
2: Is it is it good enough for you to oversee the oriental comment or where are we? Um, If I had a choice.
1: I'd mm-hmm. probably say this will be probably the last bottle I'll buy. Mmm. Like not would, high. Not high. <laughs> if I
2: had a choice to like
1: <laughs> drink this or something else, there's definitely something else I would like better.
2: Damn. So no overseeing on the Oriental comment. No, no.
1: <laughs> I'm offended with their yellow wine. We're calling people Oriental. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I was so shocked that it said that. That's so funny. (laughs) Well, how
1: does it feel being like one of the only brown people in Tulsa? Well, no, actually, there's a lot of brown people in Tulsa.
2: There is a lot of brown people in Tulsa, but it's nice. My patient today, they're so sweet. Everybody here is so sweet. And they talk so much. (laughs) He literally just went out of his way to, like, tell me about different places where to go, a park, um, uh, what else? Some park, some, what other place did he tell me to go to? Oh, whatever. He came up with a freaking list of places just to tell me like where I should visit. And then another patient wanted to follow up with me to see if I had gone on my time off to the places that he recommended when I took care of him. And I was like, who even fucking
1: cares? I was going to say, who asks that question? But again, we are from a state where no one gives a fuck about your day.
2: Look, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then I felt bad because he was just being nice. And then, you know, it's that thing, like I said, that everyone down here is so nice. It just makes me feel like an asshole because I'm just like, no, I didn't fucking go to Arkansas on my day off. I'm pretty sure that's a stupid life we recommended. It's There's not stupid, I'm state. just saying.
1: Like, what? <laughs> you just
0: fucking
2: lying, <laughs> lady loves. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> they just see the pigeon on the headstone with the fountain draining. Three, and they just take their sweet time explaining. So, low. yeah, you know, it's not bad being one of the only brown people down here. Right. You're one of the I mean, true brown. People one of their really low amongst the other brown people. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's not bad. It could be worse. Yeah, but you're also probably one of the only Puerto Ricans down there. I think everybody's like Mexican
2: <laughs> that lives in Tulsa. Yeah. Literally, um all the people that i've taken care of that spoke spanish have all been mexican (laughs) and i immediately know that from the like from the dialect you know how you can tell that the spanish is different oh yeah i haven't met like another puerto rican person Mm -mm. and then you look at the other brown people that work there and you know that they're definitely mexican i know (laughs) they're all like
1: short with big eyebrows and you're like yep mexican I'm just like, they're everywhere, man.
2: I'm not <laughs> going to find another Puerto Rican for a long time, Laid Love. Oh,
1: no, you're definitely not, Laid Love. But I decided to kind of reel this week's episode into just being about Tulsa.
2: So, oh, so my God. Am I going to hear about more people being murdered here?
1: Oh, yeah, Laid Love. It's great. Oh. So I, I basically found this article that does like a timeline of Tulsa. <laughs> Ooh. It, the article is called Notorious Tulsa, 12 Crime Stories from Tulsa's Past. Mm, okay. That's a little little
2: not rough on the title, but it just it doesn't set a good tone, you know? <laughs> so the tone that it does set seems like it's gonna be a little bit of horrific murders, maybe. Oh yeah, Lake Love. Oh, oh,
1: oh. yeah. So the article was written by Randy Creebell and Debbie Jackson for mm-hmm. Tulsaworld.com. So it starts. Hold-ups, gang hits, black widows, hoods, crooks, and psychos. Tulsa has them Ooh. all. It may not have the reputation of Prohibition-era Chicago, Frontier Tombstone, Arizona, or New York's Five Points, but this city has seen its share of notorious criminals and crime sprees. Ooh. Our dirty dozen is not intended to be comprehensive. Space does not permit that. Nor does the compilation include the city's most singular moment of infamy, the 1921 Tulsa race riot, which is a Mm. category unto itself. But these Mm -hmm. 12 cases are as fascinating today as they were generations ago when they first grabbed headlines in Tulsa and across the nation.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, this place is doing like, like some, I don't know if it's like, is it reparations of their, like, I think families are trying to get money. So it's like gentrification. I don't think, that's not what gentrification is. I thought, what was the word that I just said? Shit, I just left my mind. Oh, I forgot the word. Reparations, reparations. I think family, I don't know if that's the right word, but I think they're trying to get reparations for their family members that could have been killed during
1: this race war. Oh, okay, so they're trying to get money from the government for the people that died.
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so So they're just like the... It's like the people
1: that were like trying to sue subway for that extra two inches on the foot long
2: that long I want my money bag, bitch. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't think that they'll get money, and right now they're actually like digging up corpses. I don't know if they're it's supposed to move them or prove something, or if it's like are they looking for more corpses or you know unmarked graves or whatever it is. I have no idea, but let me tell you, they love. This place has a lot of history with Native Americans, obviously, black and white people, and between all of them, they don't give a fuck. They have had some <laughs> crazy shit happen on <laughs> this stage. Oh, I know, Lady Love, and you are about
0: to find out too.
2: <laughs> and just based on that event that happened in 1920, I think that sets a decent tone for where this can possibly go. People down here, Mean Jesus. Like, Which let is let me... insane because we're in a, the a Bible Belt. That's what makes it worse, like, love. What do you mean? You're in the South
1: and in the oh, Bible yeah. Belt? That's, like, the most racist and fucking terrible oh God, judgy lying. people in the world. The people in the Bible Belt are the ones that are like, you're going to hell, you whore, Karen. <laughs> I know you slept with Bill last week and then you fucked Randy after.
2: <laughs> you're a whore. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're right. It is kind of antiquated down here, so... Alright, Laid Love, let them rip. Is it, are they after 1920, or is it like before, or in that time frame? Oh, so we start at 1920. And oh, it so we started like, with the race war?
1: No, the first one we're doing is in 1920. So we start really? in the year 1920, and we kind of like roll up into like almost the 90s.
2: Damn. Alright. I'm ready, Laid Love, lay it on me. So this one is titled Lynch Mob Strings Up Roy Belton Murder Suspect. Mm.
1: Late on the night of August 28th, 1920, a gang of masked men barged into the Tulsa County Courthouse, held Sheriff James Woolley at gunpoint, and grabbed a prisoner they knew as Tom Owens from the jail on the top floor. With hundreds and perhaps thousands following, they drove Owens to a spot near where Southwest Boulevard bends west and hanged him from a signboard. Damn. That's a lot of work. To hang a bitch? Yeah, why were so many people following him? He wasn't fucking Jesus. I feel like they had to have like fucking threw him in like concert style where they like what's it called? Where people it's just uh, like a massive wave, was, like crowd yeah.
2: surfing. <laughs>
1: yeah, they were like crowd surfing his ass all the way to the sign. And then he he didn't know yeah. it, and they just threw him
2: into the lynch. That poor guy. He got I, fucked I, up. Why <laughs> why were they gonna hang him though? Like what was the crime being committed? you know other than probably nothing
1: well he was supposedly a murder suspect but like they didn't say he actually murdered anyone like you can't just kill somebody because they're suspected of being a murderer yeah was he a black guy yeah so, oh uh, well ladies, <laughs> exactly i was gonna say <laughs> the browner you are the harder you hang in <laughs> <And> this though <still, laughs> i know mm. you're in like a
2: hang lately love <laughs> Man, I hang light. I'm a it doesn't matter, they love it. I'm a hang anyways. I know. Down here, too they, dark.
1: They'd probably drop you from like a short distance. So you like don't break your neck, but you just
2: <laughs> I wonder how tan my babies will be. Oh, they're gonna be brown. Brown as fuck. Listen, this dude is like one day of sunshine away from becoming a different ethnicity. <laughs> He's like Cuban now. <laughs> yeah, he just keeps changing fucking uh, nationalities. He's definitely not Vietnamese anymore. He's gathered. He's like floating in the Hispanic realm. And lay love today. The heat index is like a hundred and fucking twenty.
1: Yeah, that's ridiculously low.
2: There was like a heat advisory until yesterday 8 p.m. But today, I think it extended till today or something because the heat index is seriously like a hundred and fucking twenty.
1: Yeah, that's ridiculous. I'm not about that life. I did that in Texas and. Who Jesus? I was so brown though, Lady Love. Like I was tan as well. Really? Yeah, I get tan really quick. Like I can go outside for five minutes, but it's not good for the skin. I try to stay inside. (laughs) Lady Love,
2: tan you would look weird. I know.
1: I used to be like super tan. When I was younger, I was like, I didn't give a fuck. I used to lay on the blacktop hoping that the sun would just like come and gravitate. Take me. me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Just take me. I'm right here. Now I'm like, mm mm-mm spf 40
1: i mean and i'm Is like the an asian hat
2: lady i'm the
1: <laughs> asian lady with the umbrella in the sun i'm not a body lady, you love.
2: need a rice hat <laughs> <An> <laughs> umbrella you need a rice <laughs> hat lady
1: love i love we were at the beach the other day and there was this asian family and it was so fucking adorable but i felt bad these kids she had like little asian girl pigtails they Aww. had umbrellas she had a mask on Little crop. Yeah. The whole family did. They weren't fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> was like swine flu coming this way. No, no. No coronavirus. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> According to newspaper reports, the line of vehicles following Owens and his captors stretched for nearly a mile and included two ambulances. Bro, that's longer than fucking Matt's funeral procession. That's a lot a of miles. Yeah, Tulsa police officers. It was said directed traffic. Bits of clothing, shoes, and pieces of rope were torn or cut off from the body as souvenirs. Damn.
2: Ugh. That's gross.
1: That's disgusting. Like everybody in Tulsa is a fucking serial killer. That's it, lady love. Lady love. Don't say that too loud. <laughs> <laughs> I know. As the murderers like jump inside your house.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> don't forget this. This dog. Well. She's barking in the back, but I don't know who the fuck she was barking to. But she's got a big bark, so that's good. Isn't she,
1: like, racist lady, love? She's probably barking at any Black people that walk by. (sighs) She probably
2: was.
1: (laughs) (laughs) A week earlier, cab driver Homer Nita had been found Mm -hmm. near this very spot, beaten and shot. His automobile, a Hudson Super 6, had been stolen Nita had three people later identified as Owens, whose real name was Roy Belton. Marie Mm Harmon and a man using the name George Moore had piled into his cab in Tulsa and asked to be driven to Red Fork. Along the way near the Texaco tank farm, one of the men clubbed Nita with a gun. And then when he tumbled out of the car, shot him in the stomach. Damn. So this is what the dude got strung up for. So he was suspected of murdering the cab driver. Mm. A passing motorist found Nita moments later. Over the next few days, Harmon and another witness figured Belton as the shooter. Nita's dramatic face-to-face deathbed identification of Belton essentially sealed the case. Persecutors said Belton subsequently confessed... But Belton insisted he did not and his last words were reported to be I am innocent. It's a little late for that, homie. You're like literally about to get pushed off the
2: sign. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, no, no, we're doing them in. i say Humpty it's Dumpty over.
1: was not able to be put back together again.
2: Yeah. Oh, oh, man, that's sad. That's sad. But, you know, we, we know there's a little bit of um, uh, other reasons why uh friend got hanged i was gonna say homie was black that's let why. us not forget what we have established at the beginning of the show <laughs> brown people plus <pushed> off <laughs> the edge brown people plus white people in a very religious place for some reason has a lot of racism <laughs> <I know. laughs> Which doesn't? it's make an sense intense amount because everybody loves jesus so people should love jesus together no not even just that like like is that not a thing as I mean, it
1: should be if they're also fucking religious that's what I'm saying wasn't like Moses Egyptian or some shit or in Egypt did they not like him because of that well no that's what I'm asking like wasn't Moses in Egypt aren't Egyptian people like dark oh yeah I was wondering like I'm confused I don't know but you know yeah. how it is any religion you go to Jesus everybody's depicted as like a white guy with a beard oh
2: <laughs> uh... Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Little heart, maybe holding something in the hands or hand here. Yeah. You know. (laughs) We all know the picture. Mm -hmm.
1: The same weekend as the Belton lynching, a young black man accused of killing a law officer was taken from the Oklahoma County jail and hanged by vigilantes. What's with all these motherfuckers breaking
2: into the jail? Like, how are they breaking in and stealing prisoners if the prisoners can't even break out? You don't break in, they love you. Just go open the, you just open the door with the keys. Fuck of here, broken man. They went and got him out of jail, and we're like, you know what? Time to go. Time's up, buddy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're done here. It's okay. No, we're gonna fix it right now. Come on, let's go. Yeah, we'll fix it. It's fine. It's fine. Oh, you murdered someone. Yeah. It's cool. Oh, yeah. That- no, you, you just wait, here. wait. Wait right here. Poop. I mean, oh, wait, no, no, they didn't have guns. I'm oh, sorry. You got to go for the push. <laughs> I know. No, just wait right here. And I'm just going to come get Jesus so he can speak with
1: you. And then they like,
2: push him off. But first, let me put this around your neck and go Poof. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It's
1: a necklace. It's a necklace. It's cute. It's stylish. So together. Did they commit
2: more murders that weekend? Or did no. they commit more like hangings? Well, no, but it's it says
1: together. The two events profoundly influenced events. Nine months later when the jailing of a young Black man called Dick Rowland set in motion the Tulsa Race War, or the Tulsa Race Riot. So this is what began the Race Riot in general. Gotcha. It's like Black Lives Matter, but (laughs) Tulsa-style.
2: Crazy that that happened in 1920 and look at where we are now. Well, the next
1: one we roll into is in the 30s. So it's just like (laughs) Tulsa's got a long history
2: of like criminal. You say that right. I went to the, I told you about how I went to the museum, right? Yeah. There's a lot of historical things here that I love. And they also feel the need to include their museum with a bunch of historical stuff where I'm used to going to museums for art. Mm-hmm. This type of art, I was not interested in viewing. It's so like a bunch of black people that are dead. <laughs> Indian people that are dead. What? And, oh yeah, no. We're full spectrum here, Lady Love. I'm not kidding. And then um like that deep art from like black people that feel like oppressed. like it's just and then stuff about the race war, it was a lot. So they're like, our town
1: was built on racism. Wanna learn about it? (laughs) So I'm curious to see how well they do ten years later. Oh, I'm sure it's gonna be great, Late Love. Next they'll have just like pictures of Asian people getting murdered and they're like well, we had to go for the next one. We already did the reddish brown people and then the brown brown people. So now we're going Now we got to go brown. for the orientals. Yeah. Now we got to go for the carpets. I'm just going to beat them up real quick. <laughs> I just like smacking Asian people. <laughs> they probably like smack them so hard. They try to get like rice out of them. Eventually, rice, rice just <laughs> starts popping out.
2: <laughs> pew, 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 A bunch of rice grains just pouring out. You're like, what's happening right now? <laughs> hey, from my own experience, all Asian people eat is fucking rice anyway.
1: <laughs> so now we're gonna roll into the 30s with Carpus Barker Gang netted 1.1 million in loot. Huh. No criminal outfit of the 1930s stole and extorted more money than Carpus Barker Gang. Over a six year period, it netted an estimated 1.1 million from kidnapping and bank robbery. And when the FBI cornered Alvin Carpus, the last member of the gang at large in 1936, J. Edgar Hoover himself showed up to clap on the handcuffs. Like, what? How, do,
2: how many people are you kidding That you got 1.1 million dollars. And Who the fuck are 30s? you? that You got J. Edgar Hoover coming out of his office getting up from his chair to handcuff you. It was somebody. I'm about to Google this shit. <laughs> What's the conversion rate for 6.6 six million? <laughs> Wasn't it 6.6? Oh, no, 1. it was 1. six One. years. It was yeah. six years. That's where I'm getting the six from. Yeah, listen, six years of work for 1.1 1. 1 mil? You tell me I won't kidnap anybody. I was gonna say, I'll do that now at a regular... <laughs> oh. Oh no! So one million
1: dollars <laughs> in 1936 is worth nineteen million five hundred forty-six dollars four hundred seventy-four dollars and eighty-two cents today. Ah!
2: What the fuck? I would do that. I was
1: gonna no, say I, I am it. totally fine with it. Like I will kidnap some people. Who needs to be kidnapped?
2: <laughs> Who do you need to disappear? Call us today. <laughs> <laughs> we have a guy. With a
1: teardrop tattoo that we can pin it on.
2: <laughs> this guy, he just needs to go to like a new place of employment. Possibly and like a psych ward. He, Not as a place of employment, but like a permanent space for him.
1: That fucking weirdo was like hitting on customers. Like he would take their numbers off the sheets that we give and find them on Snapchat and try to slide into their DMs. So many rules broken. So
2: many times he probably should have gone to jail, I feel.
1: Like, the one dude that I like, Ivan, Mm -hmm. he had came up the one day and I was like, yo, you need to get your homeboy because he is doing too much. And he's like, just see him at the bar. It's embarrassing. And I was like, oh, God, at least it's not just me, I guess. Mm. I think it's just anything with a
2: hole. Wait, love, it's no excuse. I know.
1: I did feel kind of bad, though, because I kind of threw DJ under the bus. (laughs) How? Because One of our friends was coming up and he was like talking to me about butter or whatever and I mentioned getting edibles or something or eating edibles and like fucking teardrop because he likes to stand two feet away from me at all fucking times was standing there listening to our conversation so he comes up to me and he's trying to like get me to sell him stuff and I'm like I can't help you sir he's like (laughs) oh no I can pay you for this and that and I was like you know what sorry I don't know how I was like I don't know maybe I was like, you know what? Go ask DJ. And he's like, what? I was like, go ask him. Maybe he can find you something. And then he goes up to DJ and he asks him. And DJ like takes his number because he knows it's him. And then he comes up to me and he's like, this dude has texted me eight times, Courtney. And I was like, I'm sorry, Dale. I had to throw you. I couldn't. It was it was for a good cause. I had to throw you.
2: I love you, but I needed you to take this hit. <laughs> Hey, I've taken hits for Dale. It's only fair. That's true. That's true. That's fair. Okay. You win that one, lady love. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I know. Uh, I forgot to ask him if he ever responded. I was hoping not, though.
2: But um, that would be a smart thing, but knowing him, he probably did. I know. He's like, he's way too nice to tell him no. Uh, right? Jesus. But before Hoover's
1: public relations machine turned the dim-witted Kate Ma Barker into a supposed criminal mastermind, her sons Doc, Fred, Herman, and Lloyd were among the young toughs hanging around Tulsa Central Park, now Centennial Park, at 6th Street and Peoria Avenue.
2: Yeah. Do you know where that Hmm. is? Yeah, I, I unfortunately do. Everything here is, like, numbered. Look at you, Laid Love, learning the lay I'm of like the laid land. Laid oh, no. It's, <laughs> it's going, Laid Love. It's going. It is. <laughs> How I'm many sorry, times continue. have you got lost? Oh, GPS all the way, Laid Love. I don't leave the house without, like, GPS on.
1: Oh, I don't I don't leave the house without GPS on here. And I've been here for, like, all
2: <laughs> life. <laughs> I drive, like, the only places I know for sure, for sure, without GPS. And then, like, yeah. Everything else is strictly by Siri <laughs> because I would definitely get lost. Everything looks the same to me. I was gonna say Everything it's all fucking like- brown. Yeah. It's oh, all yeah. flat, and brown, and dirty. No, but right now, though, there's grass growing everywhere because it'll downpour and then you know you can suffer from a potential heat stroke uh, the rest of the day. Hey, Lulu.
1: <laughs> He's like, Sup, what y'all doing? At least he's way less rude than like everybody else that walks in on you. (laughs) That's
2: very true. At least he's quiet. He's about to smack the shit out of a doggy. I know. Really? His tail is literally right on the camera. I know, I can see it. And
1: listen, Layla. So, in addition to the Barkers, the Central Park gang launched the careers of such notorious killers and thieves as Volney Davis, Wilbur Underhill, Ray Terrell, and Elmer Inman. Many of the thirty or more men associated with the Carpus Barker gang at various times traced back to Central Park, but Doc and Fred Barker, and by extension Carpus, who met Fred Barker in prison and returned with him to Tulsa in 1931, were the most famous Central Park alums. Their kidnappings of beer baron William Ham and banker Edward Bremer shot mm-hmm. them to the top of the most wanted list in the mid 1930s. The Barkers were known mostly as car thieves and small town bank robbers until Doc and Volney Davis killed night watchman Thomas Sherrill at a construction site in August 1921. Damn. Doc, whose given name was Arthur, went to prison for Sherrill's death but was paroled in 1932. I love how in the fucking 20s and 30s you could like murder someone and they're like, eh, you're fine. You can get out in like five years. Just don't do it again. (laughs)
2: yeah you know what it, it, it'll be fine just a, a quick one you know you, you're you not gonna be here for life you'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> you now just murdered one person it's all right i don't even think they gave they gave a fuck like that no you
1: could do anything in the 20s and 30s and it's like eh, well we can't really figure it out did you
2: do it no okay <laughs> let's I not forget not. this was a time during a race war
1: <laughs> i know during a race war <laughs> where white people just did whatever they wanted, like steal prisoners
2: out of jails. And then hang them.
0: Yeah. We'll just push you off really quick.
2: It's fine. <laughs>
0: oh, look
1: at little Lulu.
2: He's so cute. He's obviously more comfortable now.
1: I know. He's like, I guess I'll just lay here. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> By the time Carpus and Fred Barker were out of the Kansas State Prison and up to no good in Tulsa, they were caught burglarizing a safe but remarkably, turned loose when they returned a 100,000 taken from Wilcox Oil Company. Within a short time, they were terrorizing the entire Midwest.
2: So Tulsa just
1: like creates fucking serial criminals.
2: Oh, they love, yeah. Anybody that comes from here, you're just like,
1: ooh. Oh, you're from
0: Tulsa. Oh,
2: ah, don't worry <laughs> me. No. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> it's crazy because people here are just so nice you'd be like how, how are they capable but then they're just like so nice you're just like I mm. mm. <laughs> to say too nice is always <laughs> a problem too exactly it's- why are you so nice <laughs> <laughs>
1: they got someone like buried and chopped up in their basement <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly
1: I'm so <sighs> nice because I took out all my aggression this morning on my husband Kevin <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm I'm my third husband, Kevin.
1: I'm not married anymore. Collecting
2: social security checks. (laughs) I mean, I guess if you don't
1: get caught, that's the way to go. That's true. So now we are rolling. Oh, we're still in the 30s. This this one's titled, Charles Pretty Boy Floyd eluded Tulsa police. Except for a few almost comical engagements with local law enforcement, none of Charles Pretty Boy Floyd's criminal exploits occurred in Tulsa proper. But he did live here for a while, supposedly so his young son could attend Tulsa public schools. Does Tulsa got a good school system or something? Or was Mm -hmm. he just not trying to pay a
2: quarter for lunch? Mm. Mm. (laughs) It might be the latter, lady love.
1: And in 1932, Floyd and pal George Birdwell killed special state investigator Irv Kelly during a shootout on a farm southwest of Bigsby. Why is that anything? I feel like in the 30s you could just do whatever. I'm just gonna shoot motherfuckers on a farm.
2: Oh. <laughs> hey, I'm here for my property. Not without a battle, you're not. Let's, <laughs> good, let's have us a good old shootout.
1: <laughs> I wonder if they like walked the 10 paces and then like turned around.
2: Well, I didn't think you had it in you. I'm your huckleberry. Why, Johnny Ringo, you look like somebody just walked over your grave. Fight's not with you, Holiday. I beg to differ, sir. We started a game we never got to finish. Play for blood, remember?
0: I was just fooling about.
2: I wasn't, and this time, it's legal. All right, Lunger, let's do it. Say when. oh Oh, you just scared the shit out of lulu (laughs) i didn't mean to shoot (laughs) and then they shoot yeah Yeah. oh now he's trying to eat a fly that'll keep him entertained (laughs) floyd wife ruby
1: and son jackie using the name hamilton moved into the to a house on east young street in january 1932 Lloyd mm-hmm. was a fugitive, having jumped from a moving train a year earlier to avoid serving 12 to 15 years in the Ohio State Penitentiary. He jumped from a moving train. Is it like in the movies where he's like handcuffed and he jumps and then he rolls down a hill?
2: Oh, I, know Titanic style. <laughs> I don't know where this is going to land me, but I'm going to go for it anyways. You'll never take me alive, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah and and it's just like just rolls out. down the hill yeah exactly <laughs> how i imagined it you could, like hear him hitting everything to, 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 yeah <laughs> like every <laughs> brace is smacking his face every rock is hitting his head and he's just like at oh, least i'm not on that fucking train anymore Maybe then he and it's like here? <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh my gosh well at least he was free right Yeah, I guess not serving 12 to 15 for fucking shooting people in a farm. (laughs) Better than serving 12 to 15 years. I'll jump out of the train. I guess that's true. In
1: February, Tulsa police engaged Floyd and Birdwell in a running battle through city streets, guns blazing from careening automobiles and bystanders running for cover.
2: It's like literally a movie. I was okay. going to say, this sounds like a pitch for a movie now. We're going into moving vehicles with gunfire. Okay, guys. But it's like the old black and
1: white movies where they got, like, those fucking big-ass jalopies, and they're, like, hanging out of the side of the car with, like, a fucking machine gun. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my the pursuing... God, right.
1: The pursuing police gave up when the department's only Tommy gun ran out of ammo. <laughs> It was the thirties. I know. You didn't keep extra ammo on you, you dumbass. (laughs)
2: They never thought they'd need it for a shootout, they (laughs) love. They should have expected a shootout. It's the thirties. Everybody got shot back then. Didn't even have IDs
1: in the 30s. You could just say, Who are you? Kevin. (laughs) Are you sure you're Kevin? Yes. Sure. (laughs) Can you prove it otherwise? Well no. Then I'm good. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. <laughs> the police found the desperados again the next night while the two managed to escape. They had to leave their car behind. The led law enforcement to the they yeah. that led law enforcement to the house on Young, where they proceeded to fire tear gas canisters and order Floyd and Birdwell to surrender. Crashing mm-hmm. the outlaw stronghold, they found the bad
2: guys had simply walked out of the back door, which the police had failed to cover. You know, it was a weak time then. I don't know. You know, you know, I don't know.
1: <laughs> like, how do you forget to, like, not cover the back door? They literally just walked outside. The raid was hardly as well organized as the raid of a country constable on a watermelon stealing gang. opined the Tulsa world going out to hunt Floyd with one machine gun and most of the ammunition somewhere else is not an inspiring spectacle. (laughs) I mean, they're not wrong. (laughs) Eventually, though, they said fuck it and federal agents killed Floyd in Ohio in 1934. They were like, you know what? We can't catch him, so I guess we'll just fucking kill him. This time we'll bring more ammo.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We'll bring back up next time.
1: I know. See, I only so, bought one strip,
2: but I guess we needed more. That's some Wild Wild West type shit here. I know. You I can see, picture it all in my head. Left?
1: You see where I live? <laughs> I don't know why you did this to yourself. I don't know either. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. Oh, the next one sounds juicy.
2: Oh, let's hope so.
1: <laughs> Judge's son convicted in society killing is the title. It's always All a right. judge's son, though. Come on. Those are the people that can get away with everything. No, you're a judge's True. kid. Eh, it's fine. True. Ooh. No Tulsa murder case received more national attention than the high society slaying of John Gorell Jr. by Philip Kinnamer. Kinnamer. <laughs> <laughs> it's like It's literally K-E-N-N-A-M-E-R.
2: Kennemer. Kennemer. Yeah, yeah Kennemer. Kennemer. <laughs>
1: sounds funny. <laughs> Kennemer, nineteen, was the brilliant but unbalanced son of Federal District Judge Franklin Kennemer. On Thanksgiving night, nineteen thirty four, Kennemer shot and killed Gorell, son of a prominent doctor in Gorell's car with Gorell's gun. Damn. In the ritzy Forest Hills edition, a few blocks south of present day Utica Square. Damn, dog. He took dude's car and his gun and shot him. Like,
2: that's fucked up. Fuck your car, fuck your gun. Pew, 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 <laughs> pew. pew. <laughs> Bye, motherfucker. Bang.
1: Man. And I took your car, bitch. Right. That's disrespectful. That That's is disrespectful. disrespectful.
0: It's a fuck.
1: The case became a national sensation, exposing as it did the lives of the teen sons and daughters of the wealthy during the depths of the Depression. No shit! That's how it is in every day. Like, rich people suck. They do. Several of these teens became witnesses against Kennemer. One, Sidney Bourne Jr., killed himself rather than testify damn this dude had to be a savage like he was probably like you better not testify or I'm gonna kill you
0: very cool 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 cool
1: cool I just killed myself it's fine he jumped off the building right next to the other black guy oof The unwilling focus of it all was Virginia Wilcox, the 18-year-old daughter of oil man Homer Wilcox. Kenimer, it seems, had a crush on Virginia Wilcox. She, in turn, wanted nothing to do with him. Boy, bah. Given to grand schemes, including, at one point, starting a South American revolution, Kenimer and Gorel hatched a plot to kidnap or threaten to kidnap Virginia to extort $20,000 from her father. What a way to get a date. She do not like me, so we could just kidnap her,
2: right? We can do this two ways. We can do it the easy way, and we can do it the hard way. (laughs) Make a choice.
1: It's like that old SNL thing you remember in the the skip in the the black dude in the movie theater where he's like, Can I get your number? Can I get your (laughs) number? Can I get your number? All aggressive. Like, Can I get your number or I'm going to kidnap you for $20,000?
2: One or the other. I give up that phone number.
1: (laughs) So Kenimer didn't deny killing Garel, but said he did it to keep Garel from harming Virginia. The trial was moved to Pawnee, which was wholly unprepared for the media circus that descended upon it. The Lindenberg kidnapping trial had just ended, and many reporters who had been covering it now turned their attention to the Kenimer case. Every hotel and spare bedroom in town was rented. Eight telegraph lines were installed in the courtroom. Spectators stampeded over one another to get seats in the tiny gallery. I didn't think, but I mean, I guess back in that day, people didn't really have drama. It's not like they could just go home and watch Jerry Springer. Like they had to see the drama in court.
2: Yeah. There are no TVs either. There's nobody telebroadcasting bro- bro-
1: bro- tele- telebra, broadcast telebroadcasting
2: televising tele broadcasting i don't know fuck there are no cameras there's like no news coverage so if something's going on people are gonna go and be nosy i feel like if we were
1: born in the 30s we'd probably do that like
2: did you hear about that murder you want to go see if he dies or not i heard that guy's in court today you want to go see if they're gonna hang him
1: (laughs) you want to go see what the lynch mob did they still got billy hanging from the tree (laughs) Let's go see if we can get a snip from his shirt. I know. <laughs> After 11 days, Kennemer was found guilty of first-degree manslaughter. In 1943, Franklin Kennemer wheedled a parole for his son on the condition that Phil enter the wartime military. He became a paratrooper and during the invasion of southern France, ran directly into enemy machine gun fire. He died on the spot. Damn. I mean... I guess that's what you get for being a fucking retard. Who runs into the machine gun
2: fire? Maybe the rush of adrenaline like distorted his sense of direction. He like he like jumped out of the plane and landed on the ground,
1: and he was like super amped up. So he was like, "Ha!" Ah! and like ran. <laughs> and then he like he doesn't even make it in his little like fucking just like slowly falling down and getting holes shot in it.
2: Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> Ooh.
1: This one's spicy. <laughs> the next one is five Tulsa women murdered by sex maniac fiend.
2: Oh, oh, okay.
1: Well we're rolling into the forties for this one, laid love.
2: Oh god, at least we're progressing. <laughs>
1: Police found the bludgeoned body of 20-year-old Pantaloo Lyles. That sounds like such a fucking Pantaloo. Tw- <laughs> okay.
2: Mary Lou Ray
1: down the street Sid. <laughs>
2: "Oh gosh, Pantaloo." <laughs> okay, okay.
1: Police found the bludgeoned body of 20-year-old Pantaloo Lyles, sprawled in her bloody bed on May 15th, 1945. I okay. feel like that was a little overkill. Like, obviously, if her body's bludgeoned, the bed is also going to be bloody. Like, that's
2: obvious. That's, that's, that's true. That's a good point, Le Love. That's a very good point. Man, 1945, so World War II was starting. Somebody had some aggression on, or what? I know.
1: They just, like, beat her with a billy club.
2: <laughs> oh, man, that's sad. Probably beat her with something worse if she was bludgeoned. I
1: don't know. A wine bottle, maybe? Just, like, Over and over again until it breaks. (laughs) Described by newspaper stories as a pretty redhead whose sailor husband was serving in the Pacific in World War II, Lyle's. I mean, back in that day, everybody's husband was in the war.
2: (laughs) Easy lie.
1: Lyle's was the fourth of five Tulsa women killed as they slept between 1942 and 1948. Dude, that's like my worst nightmare for someone to like come in while I'm sleeping and attack me. Literally, my worst nightmare ever. Worst thing that could happen. Yeah. To
2: me. <laughs> like, yeah, you are the one that scared Devin with your. My black face. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, no, I will literally
1: never forget that. This motherfucker doesn't wake up for anything. I literally poke him in the forehead, fucking <laughs> shake him drastically. I'm talking like fucking, I don't know stage seven earthquake shake his ass doesn't wake up but the second i go to switch on a fucking light his eyes opened it was insane <laughs> it was like that scene in fucking interview with the vampire when brad pitt comes back to life and his eyes just, it was like that <laughs> just as oh dis- just as disturbing Just as disturbing, each of their bodies had been sexually assaulted after death. So he murdered them just so he could fuck them. That makes sense. He
2: probably
1: wouldn't have been able to fuck them any other way. I know. I need you to be like dead and bloody, so it's like, bro, can't you just catch me while I'm sleeping and on my period? Same thing, right?
2: (laughs) But (laughs) true. I guess if if that's what blows up your scare, I guess that is true
1: <laughs> all of the crimes occurred in an area known today as brady arts district in two of the cases the killer cooked and consumed breakfast before leaving i mean you gotta have your eggs and bacon before you go motherfucker made himself at home before he left <laughs> yeah cooked up some bacon and eggs maybe some hash browns a little coffee on the side he didn't leave a mess that's all i'm saying <laughs> wow i mean yeah i would have been pissed if someone like murdered me and left my kitchen a mess like come on you right, even want to eat pots, that's fine things.
2: but wash after yourself that's what i'm saying
1: <laughs> i know i'm dying oh, I'm in the saying. bedroom and bleeding but at least clean up after you're done <laughs> newspaper headlines exactly <laughs> Newspaper headlines called the killer a sex maniac and a fiend. Hounded by the public and the press, Tulsa police and county investigators rounded up known sex offenders, checked out hundreds of tips, false leads, and rumors, all to no avail. Of course, which is my favorite thing ever when they're like, any tips available would be great. And it's like 800 people call and they're like, I know who it is. It's my really loud neighbor next there, Jerry. Jerry. He never shuts the fuck up. I think you should just arrest him now. Save everybody else in trouble.
2: I think Jerry did it. And <laughs> you know, all of a sudden, poor Jerry's getting arrested. He barely breathes. and know what's going on. He's confused.
1: Like, <laughs> so what did I do? Well, you murdered somebody, Jerry. Your neighbor mm-hmm. said so. That stupid bitch is just mad that I won't de-weed the tomato garden. Hmm. <laughs> A 30-year-old black man, Leroy Benton, was charged and convicted in the Lyle's murder. But an appeals court overturned the conviction and freed Benton in a blistering opinion charging that, quote, star chamber tactics were used to obtain a false confession, which back in that day was super known. They didn't even give a fuck if you did it or not. They would just berate you for hours until you were like, yes, it was me. Let me go
2: now. (laughs) They're like, no, it was you. You're going to prison forever now hmm i mean yeah they can't do that now it's not so easy now but back then they probably just picked you for a crime oh yeah Th- all
1: the times do you know how many people i mean shit. even the buffalo bike path rapist that dude was in jail for mad long and he didn't mm-hmm. even do nothing yep in 1949 two tulsa police detectives tracked down and arrested 52 year old charles f floyd who had been working in a junkyard a block from the Lyle's murder scene at the time of her death. In the presence of a Tulsa World World reporter, Floyd confessed to two of the five killings. He was ruled mentally incompetent and committed to Eastern State Hospital in Veneta, where he died in 1968. I would not want to be in a mental institution during that time. They didn't give a fuck about you. They would lock your ass in a fucking room and let you shit in the corner for the rest of your life. And then beat you and then sometimes. And just leave you there. Yep. They'd beat you sometimes and feed you sweet corn. <laughs> and they're like, go shower, you fucking filthy animal. <laughs> Actually, don't. Just sit in your own feces forever. So you can die. Oh.
2: You okay? Yeah. He's okay. on the bed now and readjusting himself. He fucking pushed it off the wall. <laughs> the bed, you didn't feel the bed slide? Oh, I'm sorry. Talk to me, but I can't talk to him. Oh, okay. That makes sense. <laughs>
1: He didn't care last week when he was on. Never interrupting every five minutes. <laughs> so this next one is Hex House scandal. Quote: She's Bengali enslaved women.
2: Hmm. Bengali. What does that even mean? I don't it's... know. Where would somebody who's Bengali be from? Oh wait. Isn't that? I don't think that's a nationality i don't even know Maybe what the fuck that is something i've heard of spengali but i don't know what it means but the
1: article starts bondage spell casting, mind control mysterious burials police and reporters called it the quote hex house case but it was no fictional halloween tale it was real for seven years two young women were forced to sleep on orange crates in a cold basement wear threadbare clothing and turn over every cent from their day jobs to a middle-aged woman who lived luxuriously in a stately ivy-covered duplex at 10 East 21st Street in Tulsa. The Tulsa Tribune called Carol Ann Smith, 51, a she-svengali. Virginia Evans, 31, one of the victims, said Smith, quote, hypnotized and mesmerized her as part of a self-made religion. The other victim, Willetta Horner, 30, said she and Smith had a, quote, mother-daughter relationship. Smith's other income came from insurance policies she took out on her late husband, father, and maid, all of whom conveniently died. She also bilked Evan's father out of $17,000 for his fictitious nursing care for Virginia. This, this bitch is a is savage. <laughs> she was a fucking savage, lady love. <laughs> This bitch murdered her husband, father, and maid, got all their life insurance policies, and then managed to fucking somehow cult-inslave two women into giving them mm-hmm. all her money?
2: She hypnotized them.
1: Yeah, hypnotized them. And then she convinces one of their dads to give them 17 grand? hmm Like, are you for serious? The police investigation was touched off when Smith fraudulently obtained eight World War II ration books, for herself the two young women several fictitious names and for a daughter named bonnie who turned out to be smith's bulldog bonbon wow this bitch was using a dog to get some money from the government Mm. police dug up two small coffins containing the remains of dogs after neighbors reported a mysterious midnight burial in the yard a police inventory of Smith's belongings included books on mind control, expensive perfume, a $250 silverware set, a pickard car, 46 pairs of shoes, 18 pairs of gloves, 26 hats, and enough makeup and beauty supplies to stock a drugstore. <laughs> this bitch was balling out. <laughs> she was going to Victoria's Secret no every
2: day.
1: Yep. I mean, if you got it, I guess. Whatever. Smith was sentenced to one year in prison for inducing her two captives to give false court testimonies against a neighbor. She received probation for mail fraud and making false claims to obtain ration books. This bitch went to jail for one year.
2: That's it?
1: Yeah, because she didn't get charged with anything. They couldn't prove that she killed her dad and husband and maid. Like, why you gotta kill the maid,
2: too? (laughs) She got caught in the crossfire. It is what it is. I know. So, Carmen, I decided to give you a
1: new benefit. I'm going to put a life insurance policy on you, you know, in case anything happens. How about you take some of these cookies? I sprinkled them with arsenic. It tastes just like almonds. It's fine.
2: (laughs) That poor girl didn't even know what she was probably signing. And then all of a sudden, dead.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'd be so pissed. She was probably
2: like mid-cleaning the floor, too.
0: Mijo, I don't know what's mm-hmm. going on.
2: Whew. Mm-hmm. And then she That's one I, can I talk to you a second? Mm-hmm. And then murdered. <laughs> That's how it <all> happens. <laughs> so now we're rolling
1: into the 50s. Mm. Nanny Doss, smiling serial killer, served victims rat poison.
2: I love that. Is rat poison bitter? I don't know, I've never eaten it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there are reviews, just like the way arsenic tastes like almonds. Well, no, they say arsenic smells like toasted almonds. Mm. Isn't Gatorade supposed to be sweet or like Kool Aid? What is it? For the cars? Wait, what? Isn't there something that you can kill somebody with? That you can substitute it with Gatorade? I have no idea. Because it looks like Gatorade, right? I mean, somebody knows what I'm talking about.
1: I'll say in Jonestown, he like gave everybody. Huh? Kool Aid. Well, it wasn't even Kool Aid. It was like off-brand Kool Aid. Yeah, not, with not
2: not drinking the Kool Aid, but I don't know. Never mind. Never <laughs> mind. Garula hasn't done it.
1: <laughs> Garula's and disarmingly eccentric Nancy Nanny Doss seemed more like a sitcom character than a serial killer. When her fifth husband died, Sam Doss. Died in 1954, a Tulsa physician suspected she was more akin to one of the cheerfully homicidal sisters from Arsenic and Old Lace. After five husbands are dead, that's when you're wondering if she murdered them all?
2: (laughs) I'll get you, my pretty! (laughs) And your little dog, too! This is the fifth corpse I pronounce for this woman. I wonder if she killed all of them. I mean, lady love, life insurance policy. <laughs> right there. One will never know.
1: I mean, she got away with it five times. I feel like one brown person, they'd be like, eh. <laughs> give it to the give the money to the like slightly less brown person. <laughs> exactly. Doss, it turned out, had poisoned her last four husbands. The first, Charlie Braggs. Left Nanny after their two small children died under mysterious circumstances. Wow, she killed her fucking kids too? In all, oh, 11 fun. of Nanny's relatives had met unexpected ends, and she confessed only to killing four of her five husbands, at least two of whom she'd met through Lonely Hearts Club.
2: Oh, wow. Uh, she was preying on them. Well, no, did you ever
1: hear about that? No. So- Basically, the Tinder of back in the day is people that were single and lonely would literally write letters into this thing called the Lonely Hearts Club. And then they would like hook you up with people that like match you. Basically, like a dating service, except maybe. I
2: imagined it was, I imagined it was a Pen Pal service. She, She went out there looking for somebody to murder.
1: Yeah. Like, damn, bitch. Mm hmm. Doss had taken out life insurance policies on her deceased husbands and on her dead children, but she also seemed to enjoy planning and attending funerals. Sam Doss, nanny said, got on my nerves. <laughs> Everybody's husband gets on their nerves.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I feel like that's like the rule is be annoying.
2: Yeah. You can't be married if he's not annoying.
1: Manly love. You're basically married already then. um. <laughs> remarkably nanny would not have been caught had she not readily consented to an autopsy of sam doss's body the case resulted in a new state law requiring such examinations and deaths without an attending physician sentenced to life in prison nanny died in
2: 1965 Mm. only because she confessed the four murders and everybody was like all right that's pretty bad we got a jailer even
1: though she killed 11 people
2: i definitely feel in jail forever
1: yeah, but she died in 1965. That bitch already lived her life. <laughs> she already had five different husbands, murdered her kids. Like she had it all. She had kids and she didn't have kids. Like, <laughs> oh, now we're getting into the the police bad guys. Uh oh, back to black. I know this next one is titled <laughs> "Top Tulsa Cops Jailed in Bootlegging Scandal." Oh. In 1956, bootlegger Bill Edwards complained to Tulsa World editor Sid Steen that he was being cut out of the protection racket that included his brother Martin Edwards, police commissioner Jay Jones, and police chief Paul Livingston. According to Bill Edwards, Jones and Livingston were among those receiving payoffs to leave selected bootleggers, bookmarkers, and brothels alone. Steen introduced Bill Edwards to U.S. Attorney B. Hayden Crawford. And in 1957, a grand jury indicted the city's top two law officers and 18 others on corruption charges. 16, including Livingston Jones and six TPD officers, were convicted. Mm. I mean, I feel like that's kind of the rule. Like, cops have to If everyone's making
2: money, yeah. If everyone's making money and if you're offering... I might take it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm saying, like, cops are just like you need to expect cops to be breaking the law because they're literally the law. Like,
2: come on, they're probably the only ones that can do that can get away with it. Who would tell them? Exactly.
1: The D-Day invasion of Normandy was a club scout meeting compared to that. One police officer said after testifying to the grand jury thurman spy book, who would later be killed in the line of duty was transferred from the vice squad to the dog pound after it was learned he'd met with the panel jones and livingston who maintained their innocence throughout each served about a year in federal prison i mean they were just selling booze so it's not that big of a deal i would be like going to jail forever for
2: weed yeah but back then big deal now not so much
1: I know. It's funny how, like, as time goes on, everything that they ban is just, like, becoming not banned anymore. hmm Like, you scumbags can't smoke later. weed. Now it's legal. It's fine.
2: hmm Everybody smoke weed. I know.
1: <laughs> well, back then, everybody drank liquor. hmm Which continues on with this next one. The Bootleg Queen and Dixie Mafia. At least there's some ladies in here. I mean... We've had a couple of women that are sprinkled in, and it sounds like they're like America's number one badasses because they don't get fucking caught for fifty years. <laughs> uh. Cleo Epps' colorful career as the queen of the bootleggers ended at the bottom of a West Tulsa septic tank. Big and brassy, Epps prospered during Oklahoma's prolonged prohibition and went into semi-retirement managing her many investments after booze became legal in nineteen fifty-nine but Epps retains some of her old underworld connections, especially with two ruthless bad men in a loosely connected network of outlaws known as the Dixie Mafia. That does not sound scary to me. I feel like if you're going to be a gang, you can't be called the Dixie Mafia.
2: Dixie Mafia doesn't make it a very
1: threatening...
0: That's to say, you inches. may as well call
1: it the fucking Piggly Wiggly Mafia. At that
0: <laughs> like,
1: what the fuck? Through the 1960s, Albert McDonald and Tom Lester dealt mainly in burglary and arson for hire. Although McDonald was for a while suspected in 1967 Tennessee murder of Pauline Pusser, wife of Sheriff Buford Pusser. What a name.
2: Buford. I know. <laughs> Right? right. <laughs> what a name.
1: Of Port walking tall fame. Although the case was never officially solved, Pusser reportedly believed another Dixie Mafia operative from Oklahoma, Kirksey Nix Jr., pulled the trigger. According to authorities, McDonald and Poe decided to help their attorney state rep. Charles Pope became a Tulsa County judge in 1970 by blowing up his election opponent, Judge Fred Nelson. The bomb they placed in Nelson's car severely injured him, but he survived. Wow. Wow. I would never want to drive again. If my car got blown up, I'd be like, I'm done. That's fine.
2: You turn on the car
1: first. <laughs> I know. You get in first, and then I'll get in after. The dynamite Poe and McDonald allegedly used came from Epps's farm. When she realized what the two had done, she went to the district attorney and testified to a grand jury. Despite a disguise that fooled courthouse reporters on the lookout for her, word got back to Poe and McDonald. Epps got into a car with the pair one day and was never seen alive again. Damn. They murdered her. (laughs) That's fucked up. McDonald and Poe were charged with killing Epps, but only McDonald was convicted. Poe, at one point, was on trial simultaneously for separate murders in Osage and Tulsa counties. Ultimately, he was... Osage. Osage. And Tulsa counties. Ultimately, he was convicted of killing Arlie's self a Dixie Mafia member, turned informant. McDonald was killed in prison in 1978. Poe died behind bars at the age of 69 in 2006. Wow. I love how they were just like, you tell anybody, I'm killing you bitches. It's like, isn't that the rule? Don't become an informant if you're going to be in like criminal stuff.
2: (laughs) Bitches get bitches. Or murdered. That's it. (laughs) Yeah, true. You're in Dulce, you and Dolphy get murdered. I'd be so pissed. But I don't go out the house alone. You can't go out if the you're house alone. Being murdered.
1: murdered. Yeah, no, oh, I don't. I see you oh, make it pushed into a car, and then the next thing you know, it, you're in fucking Mexico with a guy with a teardrop.
2: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You understand? Oh, I know they
1: love. I don't walk around out there by myself either, and I'm from the hood. Me. <laughs> <laughs> We have two
2: more.
1: Okay. This one is Roger Wheeler dies in mob hit at Southern Hills. Perhaps no Tulsa crime will be remembered longer or more vividly than the murder of industrialist Roger Wheeler. The events that played out on the late afternoon of May 27, 1981, and over the three decades that followed, read more like a Hollywood movie scenario than anything that would happen in real life every bit the business tycoon Wheeler had just finished his usual Wednesday round of golf at Southern Hills country club, the epitome of upper crust Tulsa society and climbed behind the wheel of his late model Cadillac. When a man in a fake beard and sunglasses and a hat low over his face approached shot Wheeler between the eyes in full view of more than a dozen children playing at the club swimming pool and drove away. What do you even say? Like, what would you do if you're swimming at the pool and then you look over and you see some dude just get shot in the forehead and then like a guy in a fake hat and sunglasses or a fake beard and sunglasses just drives away?
2: Like what Other do you than do? immediately screaming. I mean and I don't possibly know. possibly pass out. I would scream. You're do a kid like- in a pool trying to cool off in the sun when it's hundred and twenty heat index and you think you're gonna have a fucking heat stroke and you're chilling. In your pool or public pool, prob- probably more than likely, or it is, and then somebody comes and goes peel, 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 right in somebody else's face. I would lose my fucking mind as a kid. <laughs> I feel like myself as a kid,
1: I probably would have just pretended I didn't see it and kept swimming
2: <laughs> <Turned> around
1: <laughs>
2: I didn't see anything like, What's over here. I'm not getting shot next, nope, I saw nothing. <laughs> That's because you're from the hood. That's your mentality. I know. (laughs) Did you know Timmy got shot? Nope. Weren't you there? Nope. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Who's Timmy? (laughs) You're wearing the purple shirt. No, I wasn't. I wasn't there (laughs) that day. (laughs) I could have sworn I saw you. No, you didn't.
1: Wasn't me. (laughs) Wheeler's death led to at least three more murders, all of them more than a thousand miles away a scandal that rocked the FBI to its core and the downfall of New England crime boss, James Whitey Bulger. Oh, wow! I know that's crazy. Bulger had ordered Wheeler's murder at the behest of John Jack Callahan to keep Wheeler from delving any deeper into the finances of world Jai ally. Wheeler had bought the company a few years earlier and quickly suspected someone was skimming from the operation. Bulger sent his close associate, John Martirano, to get Wheeler out of the way. Eight months later, an informant named Edward Brian Halloran told all of this to Boston FBI agents. But the FBI agents were in cahoots with Bulger, and rather than arrest him, they tipped him off. Bulger killed Halloran and an innocent bystander personally and ordered Martirano to silence Callahan.
2: So basically the mob like the movie about lady, they tipped him off and then he got away but then they were like enough of you and then pew pew well,
1: he tried to get the one dude murdered and it didn't work so Martirano finally spilled the story in 1999 angry at Bulger and facing a lengthy prison term if not the death penalty he told federal Ooh. prosecutors all he knew by then however Bulger was on the run it would not be caught until 2011 really I, like, I didn't think it was that long.
2: He was on the run for a long time, love. By the time they found him, he's all old. He's got his old lady next to him. They're fucking skipping town together. He's got his thug life down for everything, Karen. <laughs> I
1: don't know why Karen was with him, because he killed his girlfriends, too. He was like, mm, I don't like you anymore. Uh, maybe she was on her way out. I don't know.
2: He's probably just too old. He's like, eh, I guess I'll keep this one. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm too old for this shit. This will this will do. I'll keep this caring. <laughs> well,
1: some say Bulger knew almost immediately that Wheeler's murder would be his own undoing. Until then, Bulger had been involved mostly in the murder of other gangsters. The police and the politicians cared little about. Gunning down a wealthy and influential man in broad daylight was a different story entirely. I mean. I guess if you murder a bunch of people, you're eventually gonna get murdered too. I feel like that's just karma.
2: What what is the saying? Live by the gun, die by the gun. Some shit like that. Yeah, I feel like that's fairly accurate. Pew 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 pew. I know, especially somebody's that... gonna get mad and shoot back. <laughs> oh yeah, and
1: that motherfucker was the worst. I'm pretty sure, like I read that when he had his thingy, like his um his wake, like no one went to go to it because he was just a horrible human being.
2: Oh. I mean, like, I oh, love him. He
1: murdered his girlfriends, murdered people for no reason, and he was like a little mm-hmm. Italian dude. So he had like a Napoleon complex, like a motherfucker. Like anybody made fun of his height, and it was like, "You think I'm a clown? Do I look like a clown to you? Am I funny?"
0: Let I me mean, understand this, because I, you know, maybe it's i me I'm a little fucked up, maybe, but I'm funny. How? I mean, funny? Like I'm a clown? I amuse you? I make you laugh? I'm here to fucking amuse you? What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny?
2: <laughs> do I amuse you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, gosh.
1: Oh, man, late love. I think we're about to finish strong here. We've got okay. a
2: rapist. Oh, finishing strong. <laughs> <laughs> rapist stalked Tulsa, BA
1: woman in 1989. Ooh. The late 1980s were bad years for sex crime in Tulsa. This was a... <laughs> Every year is bad for Tulsa, apparently. Right? Lynchings, you got murders, you got fucking bank robbers, kidnapping. Yeah. A lady killing her husband.
2: Nobody cares, I'm telling you.
1: Not at all. In the late 1980s were bad years for the sex crimes in Tulsa. This was especially true for 1989 when 336 rapes were reported. A 40% increase from the average for the previous decade. And police dealt with at least seven serial rapists. That's seven serial rapists in one city.
2: The seven that they knew of.
1: Yeah. The most notorious of these became known as the Morning Stalker in the Tulsa World and the Southside Stalker in the Tulsa Tribune. Either way, the stalker was linked to as many as 12 rapes and 20 robberies over a nine month period beginning in July
2: 1988.
1: That's more than one rape a month and two robberies a month
2: ish. Wow, you really are disgusting.
1: The stalker case was also the first time Tulsa and Broken Arrow police used DNA testing to link and in one case exclude sex crime suspects. All the way into the 80s before they used the DNA in two different little towns. Yeah. <laughs> i like, well, there's too many rapes here. I guess we'll test all this DNA out on here.
2: You guys had any rapes over there? Oh, you have? Want to test some DNA? All right. Oh, yeah, we'll have a big trial exam. We got 336
1: cases just this year alone. It's fine. Oh, God. As the name suggests, the rapes and robberies occurred mostly in the morning and were concentrated on the city's southeast side and in Broken Arrow. Perhaps the most brazen crime occurred February 5th, 1989, when two men raped a 17-year-old girl in front of her family members and boyfriend and drove away in her BMW. What the fuck? How do you rape a 17-year-old girl in front of her family
2: and her boyfriend and then drive away with her car? And then take her BMW. And she's 17 and she got a BMW? Okay, let's keep going.
1: I'll say, she's a drug dealer. Pursued by police.
2: (laughs) Pursued by police,
1: they wrecked the car but managed to escape. Dude, the Tulsa cops suck.
2: Barely cops. I know. They're like, just put in a report online. It's fine. But she was raped. It's fine. Has anyone been murdered? No. Report online. Here's the website. (laughs) Oh, they stole the car. It's fine. But they raped and stole
1: the car. Yeah. It's okay. Just put in the report. We'll find them. Still online. What's online? You'll figure it out. Just put it in online. The stalker crimes, it turned out, involved not one, but three men, 25-year-old Royce Owings, who police came to view as the central figure, and his cousins, Stephen and Derek Berger. Owings, it was believed, participated in all of the rapes and robberies, sometimes alone and sometimes accompanied by one or the other, or both Berger brothers. Police eventually connected the robberies and rapes through similarities and disguises and the type of tape used to bind victims. But they were stimmied for suspects until a caller to the Crime Stoppers tip line suggested they check out a pickup belonging to Owings that matched the description of a vehicle used in the March 3rd, 1989 robbery of the Sputter restaurant. Another tip led them to stake out the Wendy's restaurant on 31st Street east of Harvard Ave. There, on the night of April 15th, Owings was killed in a brief shootout with police after pulling off another robbery.
2: Damn, son.
1: Like, this dude is, I guess, good at his job, at least. Like, mm-hmm. Homie hasn't gotten caught yet. <laughs> the burger surrendered and pleaded guilty to multiple felonies. Steven was given seven life sentences. Derek, 85 years. Steven Berger and Owings' father claimed police killed Owings intentionally to protect an informant. Police say I, I don't <laughs> but I mean he's a fucking rapist and a robber. So
2: it's not like they're doing
1: an injustice here
2: in my uh-huh.
1: <laughs>
2: You're like it's it's fine, it's 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 fine, we get a good trade off.
1: I feel like it is. So you raped like twelve women and robbed a bunch of people? Yeah. Oh, and you were part of all of them? Yeah. I brought my cousin to some of them, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then just shoot him in the head. Pew. <laughs> Dead. Mm-hmm. Ooh. That one sounded nasty, lady love. <laughs> I was, was like not good. that was like deep. That was like in the depths of your soul. <laughs> Steven Berger and Owing's father claimed police killed Owings intentionally to protect an informant. Police said they wanted to capture Owings alive so they could question him and that he was killed only because he pointed a shotgun at officers and appeared to be going back into the restaurant, perhaps for hostages.
2: You'll never take me alive, coppers! No, Johnny, don't do it! Who just carries a fucking
1: shotgun in a restaurant?
2: Well, people carry guns in their cars here, they love.
1: Yeah, but he was in the restaurant and then he walked out. Like, he hadn't have had the gun on
2: him. He's probably like, hold on, I gotta get something for my car. He's got like a trench coat. <laughs> yeah. Got the back seat loaded. Some people roll here.
1: Mm-mm. I'm not about it. DNA testing, then a new crime-fighting weapon, connected Owings to three rapes, including the 17-year-old girls.
2: So he's one of the motherfuckers that fucking raped her and robbed the car. One of the two guys?
1: Yeah. Steven Berger, who pled guilty to 17 felonies related to the March 3rd restaurant holdup and the rape of the 17-year-old, told reporters he was, quote, railroaded on the rape charges and blamed the media for his and his brother's harsh sentences. Or it's because you're a murderer. Is he black? I don't know. I don't think he was. No. He would have been hung. Yeah, he would have definitely been hung. Especially for raping a 17-year-old in front of their boyfriend. and That
2: I still don't understand. Like, how does that happen? How does a 17-year-old have a Merce- uh not a Mercedes, a BMW? That's what I want to know.
1: I mean, back then, there were no rules. I'm pretty sure you could be like 12 and get
2: a drink in a bar. True, true. Walk in, I'll just have the regular, please.
1: <laughs> I know. Can I get a whiskey sour? You're 14. So? <laughs> Can I get a double? You're right. Make it a double. <laughs> he said, quote, it was blown out of proportion. That was what Berger said. But I mean, they're both last name Berger, whatever. It wasn't that the attacks were violent. None of the victims said they were being beaten up or anything. That's what that was his response. I raped him, but I mean, I didn't beat him up or anything. So it's fine.
2: They it should be fine. Nobody should be complaining.
1: <laughs> they're not pregnant, right? Okay, then they're good. It's not rape. I yelled surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Still enjoying Pilsa, lady love?
2: (laughs) Enjoying it more than I am. I'm
1: not surprised. He didn't tell you he loved you in less than 24 hours. He does.
2: Like a crazy oriental.
1: A crazy oriental. (laughs) (laughs) Oh god! Yeah. Everything looks so wrongly. Love from this angle, it just looks like you're like giving a, <laughs> a handy or something. <laughs>
2: I'm definitely not giving him a handy. <laughs> it just looks like he looks at we're... me like that. <laughs> His eyes brightened up. He's like, <laughs> oh, "Ew, no, that's gross." <laughs> 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 oh good <goodness>. day! <Okay. laughs> Finishing strong. That was the last one, lady love. Oh, <laughs> that was a strong one. Now we wrap up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, if you like, <laughs> if you like us, follow us on our Instagram at catmoms. <laughs> oh my podcast. Or you can I follow. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we can them. Okay. Or you can follow us on our Facebook group at Wine Wicked Crimes and Cat Moms. Oh my! Or if you want to email us, you can email us at our handle. Is that a handle? I don't know. At our <laughs> email at <laughs> catmoms2 at Yahoo.com. Yahoo. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> or you can follow us on twitter for no reason at all it's probably not there but i'm gonna say it anyway at nice. cat on my pod
2: <laughs> <laughs> the twitter handle might not be a thing i know but whatever it's or what else is there oh our facebook right we did facebook it's patreon oh it's patreon okay oh damn <laughs> give us money <laughs> give us money We'll on on patreon. There's two levels, okay? You could do $5. You could do $1, as long as you do some dollar. So follow us on Patreon at patreon forward slash cat moms oh my podcast. Patreon.com forward
1: slash cat moms oh my podcast.
2: But yeah, the gist of it. That was, a- yeah. <laughs> that, was- <laughs> that was a total shot in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> at least you got it, Lady Love. Thank God. Okay, Lay Love, I'll text you. Alrighty, I'll yes, we'll love you. you.
0: <laughs> love you too. We'll see you next week. Good night. Goodbye.